0: You're listening to audio from Memphis Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit memphiscc.info. Hey, good evening, everybody. Many of you have been wondering about our Guatemala team. They were supposed to be in tonight at midnight, but their plane uh, had some... uh, mechanical problems once they got out on the tarmac they discovered that luckily and so after sitting two hours on the tarmac they're back in the terminal and they're waiting on another plane to come in they're hoping to get to uh, Miami uh, early in the morning and right now there's no flight back to Louisville tomorrow so we'll see if we can find one for them between now and then but that's what's going on with those brave souls that have had just a great great week. We're so anxious for them to get back and tell you guys about the week that they've had. Tonight, we're going to be in the book of Joshua again. You remember last week we were there as Joshua led the Israelites across the flooded Jordan River, and this week they are instructed to take their first city, the city of Jericho. And so we're going to be in Joshua chapter 6, and what I want to talk to you about tonight is courage, courage, The courage that it took them and the courage that it takes you and I to see God and to walk with him through the tearing down of the walls that you and I put up in our lives. And we're going to do that by looking at the wall surrounding Jericho that stood as a significant obstacle 40 years earlier to the Israelites that now, tonight, we see God completely wipe out. So Joshua chapter 6, if you have found your place there. Courage. When I think about courage, I think about the men and women, obviously, who serve in our armed forces, right? It it takes an amazing amount of courage, especially those who see active duty abroad. I, I think about our local uh, soldiers, Our law enforcement, right? And the bravery every time I'm going down the road and I see one a car pulled over. First, I'm grateful that it's not me but the second thing that i do is i say a short prayer for the officer and i always slow down and watch in my mirror to make sure that they safely are able to talk to the person driving the car and that nothing happens to them there i I can't think of a more dangerous situation that takes more courage than our local police and our firefighters who who go in but you know there are others who have Courage. Last week I I saw the courage of the priests, right? Remember the priests' role in crossing the Jordan? They were the first ones to put their feet in the water long before God held the waters back, right? They had to put that first foot into the flooded Jordan River to see God then move and push back that river while the other people got to cross on dry ground. I think of a couple who's in our service tonight who are expecting a child, what should be one of the most thrilling opportunities that we're given on this earth. And yet they've discovered that this child will probably not live to birth or just only moments after birth. And yet they're going full term, trusting in God and in his plan for that child. You talk about courage, courage. Many of you in this room have shown significant courage when it comes to the walls that you have seen torn down in your life, whether those are walls by addiction, walls that have been created in relationship challenges, and yet you keep going back, you keep going back and working through God's strength to make something new out of something that is broken tonight, I want to suggest this definition of courage to you. And you've heard me say this before, that courage isn't the absence of fear, right? You are not courageous just because you're not afraid, right? A person who is truly courageous is a person who acts even though they're scared to death, right? Courage is acting on the promises of God in the very presence of fear. And that's what we see play out tonight in Joshua chapter 6. We see the people, they're camping on the plains of Jericho. Like I said, we looked last week, they've crossed the flooded Jordan. God has promised them the land that they are now standing on. They promised that for generations through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the land that they are to possess is just on the other side of these walls. Walls with the outer wall that's 6 feet thick, 12 feet high. An inner wall that's 12 feet thick and 30 feet high. In Joshua 6, verse 1, we read, Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. Now, you'll remember that 40 years earlier, that city was tightly shut up. It was closed outsiders and what did the 12 spies at least 10 of the 12 spies say when they came back from exploring the land they said we can't do this right and so they turned from those walls and they spent 40 years wandering in the desert now they're back now they're back and we read that Jericho was tightly shut up and God says in verse 2 see I have delivered Jericho into your Hands, God has promised his people once, but also 14 times in their journey, I will give you the land. I'll give you the land. Over and over, he's promised them this. And now God says, see, I've given you the land, except the Israelites are where? They're outside the walls, and the giants are on the inside. I want you to think about that for just a minute, and I want you to think about what walls you are standing outside of in your life, or all walls that you've stood outside of before, you courageously crossed over. Whether it's the wall of addiction, uh, the wall of a past mistake, right? That mistake just keeps holding you back, and, and, and it's as big as 20 feet high and thick, six feet uh, thick. A person, unforgiveness, a relationship that's filled with hurtful actions and bitterness Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites now now how do you hear that statement there's two ways to hear that statement now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites first is you focus on the first five words Jericho was tightly shut up that that sounds like the impenetrable reality Right, We cannot get through to this promised land on the other side because these walls are there and they are tightly shut up. But if you focus on the truth, the whole of the statement where it says Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites, we see the difference. Because of the Israelites... Because this is the fact of the reality of the situation. Jericho knew they were in trouble. They knew the Israelites had the backing of God. And so they were the ones hiding behind the towering walls of the city. You see the difference? Joshua chapter 6 is here to teach us and remind us that what God has promised you and me, just as God had promised the Israelites, what God has promised he has already secured. And that's what he says in verse two. He says, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. He speaks of what hasn't yet happened as if it has already happened or has it. You see, this is an important revelation when it comes to the walls facing the Israelites. And it's important in the walls that we face today. If God has promised you, If God has promised you what is on the other side of the wall that you're up against, then God is going to help take care of the wall that's separating you from what he's promised. He's promised the people 14 times, I'm going to give you the land. Now he says, I've given you the land. And in verse 3, he shows them and he shows us his plan for taking out the wall. You've heard it before. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. Remember the ark represented the presence of God. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound, a long blast on the trumpet, have all of the people give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. Verse 6 says, So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests in and gave them and the people a plan. Now you would think at least the plan would include some dynamite, right? Right? Uh, some heavy equipment. They would bring the big camels in, right, and the big battering rams that you see on television shows from back in this time. No, instead, what do they do? They call the preacher, the guy hanging out at the KFC buffet, and, and they they give him a trumpet, and and they call six more of the staff, and and they say, bring your staff with you. We're gonna give them a trumpet too, and 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 then they march around the city. Can you imagine the people inside the city, what they're, they're thinking? These people are going to tear down our walls. But yet think about the courage that it required these men and women to do exactly what God has said. Because it was so opposite of the way that they would expect to handle walls so big. God is getting them to take their eyes off of their smallness and put them on his bigness, his greatness. And that's the second thing we need to understand about courage is the courage is taking our eyes off of us, off of our smallness, and putting them on God and on his bigness. He's saying, when you confront the things in your life that are keeping you from what I promised you, the question isn't how big you are, how strong you are. The question is, how big's God? What's he able to do? What has he promised you he will do? Isaiah 40, I was reminded of this week. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Can you imagine Listen to what they're saying there. Who has measured the waters? And You know what he's talking about? He's talking about the fact that two-thirds of the earth are covered in water, and God can hold that in his hand, in the palm of his hand. That, that's how big he is. That, that When he pours out a little water, you've got the Atlantic Ocean. He pours out a little bit more, you've got the Pacific Ocean, and on and on. Or with the breadth of his hand, the width, my hand's about seven inches wide. I can can measure things, you know, with with the width of my hand. God, what does he measure? He measures the entire heavens are marked off with his hands. Who's held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in the balance? Think about the walls in your life that stand or have stood between you and what God has promised you. Those walls that have come down, the addictions that have overcome, the relationships that have been restored, the long journey through illness that some of you have made with your spouse to see them all the way through all those years of their illness. You stayed at their side. How do those walls come down? Well, they come down through our obedience to God's word and his promises. At some point, at some point in your addiction, I bet you admitted that you were powerless over your addiction. That's step number one. At some point, you admitted that and that there is a God who has the power to heal you. One day, Some of you have made the decisions to keep the promise you made before God in sickness and in health. And and you made that decision day after day after day, no matter how tough it was. Remember that day. Remember the day you humbled yourself as God commanded you and admitted your part in the relationship failure? And you began taking on the character of Christ instead of being the character that led to the relationship failing? And how all of that took courage. It would take courage for the men of Israel to march around that city. It would take courage knowing that they already had the city. That the people inside were scared to death. They were all shut up in their houses because of them. It took courage for them not to just go ahead and beat the doors down. It took courage for them to march around the city. That had to feel so silly for fighting men, to march around that city seven times, seven days in a row. They would be committed to the plan, even if the people of Jericho taunted them or laughed at them as they appeared to be under instruction to not react. But that's what courage is. Courage is acting on the promises of God. Despite how unnerving, <laughs> there's a word, despite how unnerving the instructions are to trust that God's sovereign, that he is at work. Even in the places I've yet to go and the people I've yet to see and deal with Verse 12 says, Joshua and the people put their eyes on God with God leading the way in complete obedience of God's plan. The seven days of marching began. They went, they marched around the city once, they went back to the camp. Day two, marched around the city once, they went back to the camp. In verse 20, on the seventh day and on the seventh time around that city, when the trumpet sounded, it says, the people shouted, and at the shout sound of the trumpet when the people gave a loud shout the wall collapsed so every man charged straight in and they took the city Uh, we go on and we read about the battles that followed that we read about the flub up of Achan who took some of the devoted things and and hid them in his tent and so in that disobedience God's army began to fail right until they sorted it out that he had disobeyed God, and they decided to get themselves back in line. But it says that they didn't just defeat each city, but they went in and eliminated it. And some of you probably were offended by the reality that not only did they take the city, but they burned everything, and then they killed every man, woman, and child, and animal, every living creature. They eradicated them in each town. And that's where we start raising issue with God sometimes. It seems so unfair. When the walls come tumbling down, we have to make sure, though, what we're learning here is that any remnant, any remnant of our past sin that brought the wall to begin with it has to be eliminated. And, and that's my one, my, my one of a few things, but that's one of my holdbacks with programs like Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous. I am so grateful for those programs and the sobriety that they brought. But what I don't agree with is that once an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. I don't agree with it because when you surrender that, you surrender it. Now it's up to you if you choose to go back into it or not. And that's what we're talking about here, that when these walls are broken down in your life, you need to eradicate, you need to get rid of anything that would cause you to go back and begin building another wall. So there's two ethical questions that are raised by people when we come to accounts like this. And the first is, why did God give them this land? Why why did God give the Israelites land that people already lived in? Wasn't there plenty of land that people didn't live in that God could have given them? Yes, absolutely. So why did God give them this land? Why destroy all of those people? In Deuteronomy 9.5, after giving them the Ten Commandments, God said in verse 5, chapter 9 of Deuteronomy, it was on account of the people's wickedness that they would be driven out of their land. There was a reason why they had to be driven out of their land. It says because of their wickedness. What does that mean? That means that God had given the people of Jericho more than 600 years to change their ways. Do you realize that the people that were put to death that day, that were run out of their city, that they were idol worshipers, that were burning and sacrificing their own children to false gods, that they did have a chance to surrender and change? That's why the story of Rahab, the prostitutes included Did you ever wonder that? Why include this prostitute in the story of how she gave refuge to to two spies that came in to spy on the city? And that when the city was destroyed, she was spared. Why? Because she had changed. Because she had stopped. Because she had eliminated that in her life and surrendered it to God. She was courageous. And ends up, she's even in the bloodline for Christ who would come. There's one other account in Joshua's life that I want us to take a look at that's one of my favorites. And it's in Joshua chapter 10. This is long after Jericho. This is when long after Achan. This is long after many of the towns and the slaughter of those who had not surrendered to God. There are five opposing armies now that have gotten themselves together and they are going to go after God's people. And in verse eight, God tells Joshua that not one man who comes against them will be able to stand against Joshua. It's the Same promise God made at the beginning in chapter one, Joshua one, verse five. And so Joshua and the army of Israel, they unleash a surprise attack. And the first step of the battle went awesome, but it wasn't a total victory. Some of the enemy began to flee. And Joshua and the army pursued them. And in verse 11, it says, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky, the enemy. And more of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. What's God doing there? He's doing something that we've talked about many times that many of us in this room count on. And that is God's fighting for them. He's fighting for them. And as God's fighting for them, verse 12 comes along and it says the sun was headed towards the horizon. It was afternoon, the sun was on its way down, and the battle was, was long from being over. The victory wasn't complete. And if the sun went down, they knew the enemy would be able to slip away in the dark. But Joshua remembers God's promise. Just like you and I, when we're faced with those walls and those obstacles in our life, if you've been in the church any time at all, and if you've read your Bible any at all, God will bring back those things that you've hidden in your heart. He'll bring those to the surface. The problem is, is that when they come to the surface, we want to ignore them. Because that plan doesn't fit with the plan that we have, right? We feel like it's as stupid as walking around the city of Jericho carrying trumpets with the preacher leading the way. Any other way, we would think. The sun's on its way down. Joshua knows that God will keep his word. And so he prays this prayer that books have been written about since then. He prays this prayer that any of us wish we had the courage to pray. Verse 12, he prays to God, O sun, stand still over Gibeon. O moon, over the valley of Ajalon. And verse 13 says it did. It's the only time in history that the sun literally stood still in its place, that daylight continued for a full 24 hours or so until the battle was complete. Now I wanna go back and I want to make sure that we heard what Joshua is praying. What Joshua is praying here, if I may add to it just a little bit, to explain, to fill in some words. What, God, what Joshua's doing is exactly what we've just talked about. He's going to God, and he's saying, "God, I take you at your word." Remember, God had promised him that not one, one person, would be able to stand against them. And so when Joshua prayed for the sun to stand still and the moon to stand still, what was he doing? He was praying God's will. He was praying according to what God had spoken to him. God, I take you at your word, and I'm going to stand with you. I'm with you, and I'm going to take my next step in faith. I'm going to pursue these people that you've told me to eliminate. I'm going to take my next step in faith in what you've said you've already done. And I'm saying to you now, God, may this day last as long as it has to. So that what you want accomplished will be accomplished not only in front of me, but within me. And that's the part. That's the part we have trouble with. May this day last as long as it has to. We don't want these days to last. We want them to be over with as quick as we can get them over with taking all day, taking months, taking a year to repair a relationship, going through the steps, going to meetings after meetings, saying no when those things come to your mind that you want to drink or you want a drug or whatever you're addicted to, pornography, whatever it is. We don't want to do that. But to be able to pray that prayer and to say, God, May this day last as long as it has to so that what you want accomplished, are you willing to say that prayer? (laughs) Because that's what courage is all about. Courage is taking God at his promises and taking your next step no matter how afraid you are no matter how crazy the plan seems, if God says, I've got it covered, then he's got it covered. If you're willing to pray such a prayer, I want to offer you that opportunity tonight. It's not a prayer of... Salvation, although for some of you it, it might be the first step towards it. But it's a prayer of courage that everyone in this room at some point, and I would bet most of you have an application for it right now in your life, whether you need the courage to use your time differently, whether you need the courage to make a hard choice in a friendship, whether you need the courage to Continue in a pregnancy that seems Seems beyond help Whether it's to Be part of a church after you've been hurt before by a church <laughs> Whether it's to come and stand before people and say I believe Jesus is the Christ I I believe he's the son of God. I I want him to be my savior. I I want him to be my Lord. If you're willing to say this prayer tonight, knowing that God will answer and begin removing what stands between you and what he's promised, then stand with me now and repeat these words after me. God, God, I take you at your word, I'm standing with you, I'm taking my next step in faith in what you've said you've already done, and I'm saying to you now, may this day last as long as it has to, so that what you want accomplished, will be accomplished in front of me me. and within within me. If you prayed that prayer, now it's your opportunity to take that next step. Encourage. Whether that next step is to come to the cross, a place that we offer where we can kneel down and we can be over at the side where other people won't be staring at us and wondering why we're crying or why we're just laying flat on our face. But that next step may be for you to come and and pray to the one who had such great courage that he went to the cross for you and for me. Maybe for some of you that next step is to come and align your life with Christ in, in baptism tonight or to be part of the church, the church that you've been afraid to be a part of. And so each week you come and you you like what you do, you like what you hear and you like the songs, but you just slip out quietly afterwards. Today, why don't you stay? Why don't you engage someone next to you? Maybe that next step for you is... is to heal a relationship that you need someone to partner with you on to help you, to hold you accountable this week, then come and may this day last as long as it has to for God to accomplish what he wants, right? In you and what he has for your life. Come as we sing.